Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Mm-hmm. Cute little kitty. How old is Ginny? Ginny's, uh, how old are you? She says uh, a year and a half, maybe. Ginny, mm-hmm. get down. Oh, 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 she fell in the sink. Oh, <laughs> she's gone down the sink, <laughs> down the drain. Mm-hmm. This has been Cat Talk with Jay and Dan. Mm-hmm. The thing that they're out of now? Flower. I blame Natasha Staniszewski. <laughs> Yeah, she's always <laughs> They had a sign at the store saying one bag of flour for family, so she'd have to come back in disguise. Mm-hmm. One flour, please. I'd like one flour. <laughs> Here's what I started to do. Uh, I was cutting something in the basement the other day, and a little piece the size of a dice dropped off the end. Playfully, I'm like, oh, I should make some dice. I'm now obsessed with making dice. So have I gone crazy? Mm-hmm. Lasagna you made for me, a perfecto. And the chicken pot pies, Mwah! You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. Dance. Dance. Hey, it's the Jay and Dan Podcast, brought to you by McDonald's. Uh, I have no clue what the date is. No clue. Is it? It's 420, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, spent. Uh, I heard. So we, ta- we taped this on Mondays. I spent the entire day today thinking it was Sunday. You spent today thinking it was Sunday? Yes, I thought today was Sunday. You thought yesterday was Saturday? <laughs> I guess so. I don't know what's going on. I've Did lost. You- I've lost track of time. But you, oh yeah, okay. I, I can understand that. I can understand. I mean, a lot. I think a lot of people have lost track of time. Now, unless you're you're working from home, then you know you have that guide, I guess. And we kind of are working from home, if you can call what we do work. Mm-hmm. But you've still misplaced the days. <laughs> yeah, I went. I, I hit my breaking point Saturday. I'm like, I I need to do something, and. Um... A bottle of wine cured me of that. Okay. All right. So alcohol. All right. That's nice. Hey, speaking of alcohol, uh, shout out to our friends at uh, Coors Light who dropped off uh, 24 Coors Light to us uh, today. Very kind of them to do that. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, hey, uh, yes. Thank you, Coors Light. That'll get us through the, the pandemic. Guess what I have to try on the podcast for the first time ever? Yes, let's get right to it. filet fish I love it. Fantastic. Now, you just picked this up. This is beautiful. Oh, it looks good, too. Their buns are different, eh? Kind of a brioche bun on the filet fish now? Yeah, so let's see what we got here. We've got uh, the sauce, and you've got cheese and a little um, fish patty. Here we go. All right, get, here we go. Oh, boy. That is delicious. The reason they've sold millions of filet of fish, man, or that, as my um, wife calls them, my wife, my wife calls them the McDonald's fish burger. That tartar sauce just knocks it out of the park. It's so simple and so good. And uh, the other thing about them is traditionally they say uh, fish and cheese is a no-no. But McDonald's, you know what McDonald's said to that? And Stoff's nodding because he knows that that's traditionally what, what people have said. No fish with cheese. But McDonald's, you know what they say? You know, they said, hey, we're going to change the game. We're the game changers. We're going to put a slice of American cheese on that fish, and it's going to be delicious. And they are absolutely right. Wow, you are devouring that filet of fish. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen food before? 
I was sitting here staring at it, waiting for this podcast to start because I knew I was going to have it on the podcast. So I've been teasing myself for the last 30 minutes. I think a lot of people have been teasing themselves while it's self-quarantined, dude. <laughs> you're not you're not alone there I, I don't think you should feel bad about that you're not alone hey did you start any new hobbies or things to do to kill the time over the weekend well no i i i feel i i totally fine at home by myself all the time so this is you know for me i i'm fine with all of this gives me a chance to delve into my uh, record collection stuff i haven't been listening to enough um hanging out with my kids so i'm good i i feel bad you know what i feel bad for the single people dan the people yeah. who are uh who are by themselves who have no one to touch um speaking of which our friend amara baptist is going to be joining us <laughs> in a few <laughs> minutes here she is uh she's in portland she's our former uh, social media star at fox sports live and she's now the social media guru for the Portland Trailblazers. We're just curious to see uh, what she's doing, what what's happening in uh, self isolation as a social media person. Yeah, well, I, everyone's getting very creative on social media because we've got all this downtime. Maybe too creative. Like, here's what <laughs> I I could do without. Uh, I don't need the challenges anymore. I don't need those challenges. <laughs> I don't need people to challenge me to name my five favorite. Uh, hot dog hands. <laughs> I, I don't need people to challenge me to do something in five words or less or do 20 push-ups I'm all for anything that raises money for anything COVID related but I just don't want to be challenged anymore yeah enough of the um, if you have one dinner table to sit at which one <laughs> but having said that if you had one dinner table to sit at uh, yeah, if you could have three people historically all uh, forever, like it could be anyone living or dead, sit with you and enjoy a play of fish, who would it be? Dan? I think Greg Popovich would be one because mm. uh, you a few years ago, Pop. yeah, an article came out when they go on the road, the Spurs, he delivers, he brings wine with him because they have like two, three hour team meals at these beautiful restaurants. And he stocks it full of wine. So a great meal and wine, I'm going with pop because I'd get invited to that. Okay, now you got two more. Hmm. Huh. Got to be David, Sidney Crosby for you, right? Sidney Crosby and David Ayers. Okay, and uh, maybe Amara <laughs> Baptist, who's joining us now on this call. Hello there, Amara Baptist. Hello. How are you? <laughs> you great we can hear you great is that your that's your portland mansion is that right oh it's a mansion <laughs> hey amara <laughs> i just had my first ever filet of fish from mcdonald's have you ever had one no i haven't should you've, i you've never had a filet of fish what is your mcdonald's order amara we're sponsored by mcdonald's now that's one of the reasons <laughs> we're asking um let's see you're McFlurries. A pizza oh, McFlurries. Yeah, those are good. Those are good. But you're a pizza person, Amara. You're you're a fan of pizza. You like pineapple on pizza. You <laughs> like. <laughs> McDonald's used to have pizza. No, it didn't. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For absolutely. Real? Yes. Hundred percent. And it was good. It was tasty. In the yeah. states or. There in, can in Canada. 
Maybe oh. not in the States. Maybe only in, in Canada. Um, you look fantastic. How do we look? We aged pretty poorly since the last time you saw us. You guys look great. So good to oh, see you. Thanks. And uh, this is, uh, by the way, our producer. Can you see him? Hello. You look great, too. Thank you. Thank you. So, Mara, how are people quarantining in the hipster capital of the world, Portland? The hipsters, they need to be out and socializing with one another to to live. They do. Yeah. Um, I have been in my apartment alone, <laughs> not doing anything. <laughs> so I'm great. My skin tone has gotten whiter. It's just... <laughs> um, there's a lot of people on bikes still. Right. But yeah, it's crazy. Are you noticing an increase in the number of joggers in, in Portland? More people jogging. A lot of people jogging. Um, my apartment, creepily, like I have a perfect view of like the street. And I saw some guy with like really, really tight shorts on, no shirt, no mask, just jogging his life away in there. Have you have you seen any um, uh, quarantine rage? I told the story last week at my grocery store. I almost saw two people get in a fight. The one man was yelling at another man. Have you seen anything like that? No, it's actually been very pleasant. My grocery store experiences. I just went today, and everybody's very nice to each other. I don't know. I feel like in Canada, you're supposed to be nice to each other and not in the United States. So that's yeah, everyone like you're walking down the street. You're just wave. You feel like the mayor now because you just waved everyone now when you're outside. And I noticed I was trying to smile at people, but I have a mask on so they can't tell I'm smiling. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, uh. <laughs> has your drinking increased since you've been in self-quarantine? Yes. It absolutely has, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. I tend to not drink alone, but I uh, have been drinking some wine. Oh, okay, yeah. I like this. And have you been partaking in, like, Zoom calls? Oh, nice there mug! There it is. Nice mug. Have you been doing lots of Zoom calls with friends? Tons of Zoom calls. Work is just one big Zoom call, I feel like. How is Zoom making money? Everyone's using their product, but how are they making money? <laughs> So I think you have to pay for the ones that are like longer than 40 minutes. Right. That's so, right. um, I would pay, I would pay to not be on a call that was over 45 minutes. <laughs> I agree. I'm with and Amara, you were part of a big zoom call. I think it was on Friday night with a bunch of our old staff and friends yep. from Fox sports live. Yeah. And uh, we just heard about it the last minute. So I, was in bed asleep i missed it uh tell us about it was everyone reminiscing about just the the good times and all the promotion we received and all the all the love that we were showered upon by the fox executives is that what it was it was great i actually um got three text messages one was john heller uh john heller remember him Yep. Yes, yes, John okay. Heller. Yeah, I hate that guy. <laughs> uh, Rosie, Rosenbaum. And that guy. Hate him, too. Big podcast, Pat Muldowney. Right, right. And that's Pat Muldowney, and the podcast listeners know Pat Muldowney. Yep. And really remember, Pat is always being late for the podcast and never being on time. And so we always said he was dead. 
Yeah, that's right. We said he had died. Uh, in hindsight, that was maybe that was harsh. Maybe that was too much. It, it was fun though. It was. Um, we were bummed that you guys weren't on, but it was late. It was like not Pacific. I was in bed already. <laughs> but you just came on, producer Tim. Yeah. So, uh, what was that like? It was Tim shirtless? I don't know. He looks exactly the same though. As uh, as one of our producers here always says about Tim, you can set your watch by his hairline. So it's amazing. Uh, he looks yeah. the same. Yeah, he's he's relaxed. He's relaxed so Amara, what has your contact been with uh, your team? Are they giving daily updates to you guys? Are they telling you potentially how the season might resume? No, we don't know anything right now. It's kind of just I think Adam Silver said like there's so many factors we just don't. We just have to wait and see. Is um, Adam Silver calling you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of just wait and see right now. But, you know, as someone that does, like, social media, we've kind of been having to make up a lot of things. So it's been, it's been busy. I've been very busy, which is a blessing. But yeah. how, how receptive have the Trailblazer players been to the fact that you've had to make up things? And I imagine they have to participate in some of these things <laughs> that you're making up. Oh, yeah. They've actually been great. Um, Dame and CJ are super easy. So going back to, to Dan. <laughs> My favorite. Let's go. Take, let's take us through uh, some of your favorite memories of working with Dan at uh, at Fox. There's just so many. <laughs> favorite is when, at you know my my desk was had a perfect view of the hallway, and um, you would come by Jay and say hello, and I would just see a flash, and it would be Dan running into his office. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody, particularly me. <laughs> I was so focused on work. I had to get my work done. And that's pretty much all I remember. <laughs> oh, the good old times. Good old. Yeah, they were fun. They really hey, do you guys have, fun. you guys have a mascot. The Tribblazers must have a mascot. Are you doing lots of stuff with them? Um, yes, we have a, a cat. He's a trail. <laughs> We have a trail cat, and um, he left his head at the arena and couldn't get it in because, like, we can't get into the arena, so we couldn't use him for anything. <laughs> he didn't have his outfit. <laughs> so is he just been going body and then just human head? <laughs> I'm not sure. I haven't really talked to him much, but hopefully he'll get his head in. He's Thank hanging you. out with Carmelo somewhere. Yeah, they're drinking wine on a beach somewhere. <laughs> I feel like Carmelo, like, I know he played in Denver, but then he was in New York for so long, you know, this big city. I'm curious, how I, wa I wonder how Carmelo fit into that laid-back Portland hipster vibe, you know? I think he really liked it. He said he wanted to retire in Portland. Like, not wow. in the city, but with the Trailblazers. Wow. So, Okay. It's been awesome having just having a um, bigger eye on our team because it was such a big story that he was playing again, and just to be a small part of that was really fun. So you travel with the team. Why don't you name um, a city or two that you've gone to that 
exceeded your expectations where you arrived and say, I didn't know I'd like this place. Chicago was a big one for me. Um, I, I didn't really have a feeling I liked Chicago, but I didn't really go a lot. And I, but we for all star, we went and I spent five days there. I really enjoyed it. It was really cold. I really enjoyed it. And the second one, Mm. Man, that's tough. I don't know. I already knew I liked Toronto, so that's not. That's How not. about Milwaukee? We always get people to tell us Milwaukee is a hidden gem. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess maybe I haven't spent enough time there, but the. Uh, yeah. That's was- very diplomatic really cold like really really cold when we were there so i didn't really want to go outside. um i don't know i'm blanking on what are, atlanta i love atlanta oh okay yeah home of coca-cola yeah, yeah yeah coca-cola that that craft cola that they make down there and our good buddy cj nitkowski yes <laughs> Now, do you keep in touch with a lot of the Fox people? Uh, Carissa, Gary Payton, Donovan <laughs> McNabb, uh, Andy Roddick. <laughs> I don't talk to any of those people, actually. <laughs> but I do talk to my coworkers at Fox. Um, this quarantine period, I've talked to so many more people than I... I haven't talked to Mina in a bit, so talk to Mina. My um, old Fox people, Colvin, Zeus... Hate oh. all those guys. You remember Jim them. Pearl? I've spoken to him, I believe, three nights in a row. How is he doing? He's doing great. That's awesome. Uh, I want to record one of our conversations one of these nights <laughs> because uh, they're entertaining. Is he in L.A. still? He sure he is. is. He's retired. Did you know that Dan and Jim went to Amsterdam together last summer, Amara? Wow. And we were supposed to go to Denver on April 3rd, but, uh, well... Then everything happened. Yeah. <laughs> Denver. Yeah. Ru- Rudy Gobert screwed that up for Dan. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, Amara, listen, we're going to let you go. I know you have something to do, but um, I just want to thank you for joining us because this has been pretty awesome. Dan's unwrapping another burger. I also got a cheeseburger to go with uh, my meal. That sounds good. I could get down with the McDonald's cheeseburger right now. Mm-hmm. I think you should consider it because they've been a wonderful uh, sponsor for us, Amara, and uh, I think you should continue to support them in Portland. Well, if they want to send me some McFlurries, I'll give you my address. Okay, perfect. Uh, we'll we'll share that with the podcast listeners. <laughs> Listen, um, lovely to talk to you. Uh, you look great, and uh, I hope uh, hope everything goes well uh, with the with, with living in Portland. And just just soaking up that hipster vibe. I kind of figured you'd look a little different, like maybe like cat glasses and just tats mm-hmm. all over your face. I did get but a- it's nice. What? Oh, okay. That's that when I moved to Portland, it says "Love you always," and it was uh, in, in my grandma's signature. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay, so that's yeah. that seems like the beginning of a sleeve that's gonna happen. <laughs> I would disown me, so I don't think it's gonna happen. Um, okay, uh, great to talk to you and uh, stay safe in uh, in PDX. Bye. Cheers, great seeing you. Cheers. Bye, Mara.
it's nice to talk to Amara. She's a cool wow. person. She left pretty well, quick. Go. Yeah, she was out of there. She was like, <laughs> get me out, get me away from old Chompy O'Toole. <laughs> Is Mike chewing uh, loud? No, not at all. It was the pa- it was the rapper. <laughs> the, the, the rap rap. Oh, rapper. our next guest. I can't believe we've never had him on the podcast. It surprises me, but then I think, okay, so Gino Retta is our is our next guest. <clears throat> and I think, Dan, I was thinking about it. Because Gino always did his show at 7 o'clock and we would come in and do the podcast later, I think maybe we felt like once someone's left work for the day, to, to call them back in for the podcast or to call them, it seems intrusive somehow. I don't know. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's not the right reason. But I'd agree with that. Um, but either way, I'm Boys. excited because Gino Retta is here. Yes! Yes! Oh my gosh, this is great. I Gino, can't see you. We can't I see, I see I see you guys, but I don't see me. Uh, you got to hit the camera button. Camera okay. button there. The camera button. And what And what would... Oh, I see we're there. There you go. There yes. you go. Yeah! Oh, dude, I'm like this big. You guys are huge. <laughs> That's like that brutal billing. <laughs> so Gino, you got if to... this were a marquee, I'd be like the period at the end of a sentence. <laughs> you've you've got the standard issued um, bookshelf behind you that every TSN employee has. Yeah, it's a green screen. It actually is not even here. It's just <laughs> totally just a green screen. Is that? But seriously, Gino, is that a real bookshelf that you have in your home, or did you get yes. that? Like put in? Did you put that in for the these shots? No, oh, it's real. it's a real bookshelf. It's real stuff. It's actually my stuff back there too. I had to put some of my own stuff back there because before it was just, you know, like dog toys and stuff like that. So, yeah. What's nice. your best piece of memorabilia behind you there? Ooh, good question. Um, I don't know. Um, like, there's a lot of charitable stuff back here. Oh, you know what? My favorite one is though. Honestly, I think right here. I'm not sure if I pointed at it. That's the Queen's Jubilee medal. I was really proud of that. That's really awesome. Oh, yeah. very cool. Wow. Yeah. Very nice, that was really Gino. cool. That hey, was really Gino, cool. Yeah. I didn't know that you... Did you start at Global Sports Line? Was that your I did. first on-air job? Did you not hear the story of how that all happened? No. no. Let's tell us. We oh, hear my gosh. It. I was working cable TV, like local cable, like, you know, Rogers, McLean Hunter, you know, local cable television and stuff. And I was volunteering, just did it as a volunteer. And I thought, you know what? I should give this a, a shot just in case maybe I can get a real gig out of this and actually get paid for doing this. So I, Jim Taddy, of course, was hosting Sportsline, which was the preeminent 30-hour sports show in the world. It was them and Hickman and Charles and CNN were the only two 30-minute shows. So I thought, I'm going to try to get a job on that show. So I went in, wanted to meet with Taddy, met with Taddy. And that, in those days, we used to have, I don't know if either of you guys reminded this, the three-quarter-inch tapes. They were about the size of... Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, they were freaking huge. So I brought in my three-quarter-inch tape with my <laughs> demo reel of all the stuff and McLean Hunter, and I said, you know, here's what I've done. I'd like to get a gig here. And he goes, you worked in cable television. He shows me a stack of tapes. He goes, I've got like 50 tapes over here of guys who've got way more experience than you. Why would I hire you? And I said, I'll work for free. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, seriously? I said, yeah. This was June, uh, I want to say of 85 or 86 or something like that. And I said, I'll work for free. I'll cover the Blue Jays till September. 
And if you like me at that point, hire me. And if you don't, I'll walk away. It'll cost you nothing. So I said, sure. So I, I was a free reporter for him for three or four months. And in September of that year, he hired me. And then I worked at Sportsline for a couple of years. And then a couple of years later, uh, they hired me in September of 88 at TSN. My first gig was covering the Seoul Olympics. So if not for Jim Taddy, would not have been here. So take that wow. as you will. That's either a good thing or a bad thing. That's a big were, yes were, guy. Were you yes. living at home? <laughs> Like how how were you, how did you manage to? That's very ballsy. I gotta say, very impressive. But how did you pull that off? Like, didn't you need to eat? Oh yeah, I was eating. I was, you know what I was doing for actually a job at that point? I was working in a factory, and I'll say the name because it probably doesn't exist anymore. Sheer Lighting, Sid Sheer Lighting, uh, close to home. And I was make I was working in a factory that, in the summer months, repaired Christmas decorations. You know those big Christmas decorations you get. If you're driving down a big thoroughfare, those big cast iron Christmas decorations with garland and bulbs. So in the summer months, we would replace those and fix them. And in the winter months, when we had when all of those decorations were out on the roads, we filled fire extinguishers. So if you need a fire extinguisher <laughs> filled or a light bulb replaced, <laughs> I'm your guy. Wow. wow. And, you know, so you started um, at uh, Sportsline in 85. So you were covering the Jays the year they won their first pennant? Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. It was nuts. And, and I fell into some, I just got real lucky because believe me, I had no experience in covering stuff. The, Juan Benitez, you're sure you're never going to remember this name. Juan Benitez oh, yeah. is a blue Jay. You remember Benitez really? Yes. Oh, wow. Good for you. You are a Jays fan. <laughs> so the day, the day he got released and sent back down to the minors, he got released by the team. There's two doors back at the old stadium. You could go into the dugout or you can go into the main hall. You're not supposed to go into the dugout. You're supposed to go into the main hall. But I was in the third base line in the pit with a couple of the other media members, and I just walked into the clubhouse right after the <coughs> game while everybody else stand outside. Benitez just found out that night he had been cut, and I walked in with the camera and saw him whipping stuff around. I had no idea what happened. I had no <laughs> idea what was going on. I just stuck the microphone, and I said something stupid like, so, how you feeling? <laughs> and he <laughs> lost it. Started dropping F-bombs and all kinds of stuff. It ended up being the lead on Global on News, not just Sportsline that night because he lost his crap on that night. So, it totally, trust me, guys, it, a lot of this stuff just fell on my lap. Wow. That's fantastic. And you were working, uh, it was Bill Bird and Don Martin. Bill Bird. And, right. And Mitch's area. Yeah. Mitch's, you had it was some, even before uh, the Don Martin days. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then Hebsey, of course, right? Yes, Hebsey. Yeah. <laughs> Hebsey's a good man. Hebsey's a good man. The personalities between Mark and, and Jim, they were just, oh my gosh, because they're both really strong personalities. And they each had their own ways of doing things, both extremely talented and way ahead of the business in terms of what they were doing. I remember when I took the gig, people were like, friends were nuts. They were like, what are you doing? Why would you go to TSN? No one's even heard of TSN. What is TSN? Because at that point, we were still on pay TV. And they right. said, why would you leave Sportsland? That's that's the legend of all television. And I was like, man, am I screwing this up? Am I making a big mistake here? <laughs> but it turned out okay. Again, and, not because I was a smart guy. And Jim Ralph was there too, wasn't he? He wasn't he there when color I was there. commentary for the Leafs. No, he was, he was a little later. He was a little later than that. He was still, I think that was still in his days playing well, uh, riding the buses. I'm not sure. <laughs> so you go to TSN in 88 and they say, hey, uh, do you want to go to the Olympics? Literally? Like, send you over to Seoul? 
<laughs> what in 1988 in the summer games, I remember we had already done the Calgary winter games. I, I wasn't part of that. The crew went to Calgary for that because it was inexpensive and TSN in those days didn't have a lot of money. But for Seoul, basically it was Rod Smith and I. Rod Smith and I were the overnight guys who did the 12. We basically did 12 hour shifts each. I w- we would do the overnights. I would do the live part. And Rod would do the prepackaged stuff in the mornings from I think it was like I was working eight to eight and he was eight to eight. I can't believe Rod never told you this story. So we were doing this stuff, and basically we were in studio. We were just hosting from in studio and voicing over highlight packs that then became inserts into our broadcast. So while we were one of the broadcasters for Seoul, we didn't send a big crew over to Seoul. We sent a big crew to Calgary, but at Seoul, basically we were in studio. And that's when all the, the Ben Johnson stuff, and it all broke overnight. And it was like, wow, this is nuts. Like It went from... There's, there's word that uh, an athlete, a very high-profile athlete, tested positive. Then it became, there's word that it's on the Canadian team. Then it became, there's, it's word that's on the Canadian team, and it's a gold medalist. And at that point, we knew who it had to be. And the whole mass exodus out of the Seoul airport that night. And then I became the, the steroid guy. I don't like the way I said that. <laughs> Gino, the steroid guy. Yeah. Well, hey. I wanted to ask Gino, um, changing topics here, we know you as the the pasta sauce guy. So you gave us some homemade pasta sauce. And I'm not just saying this because you're here. It was some of the best sauce I've ever had in my life. What is your secret? My mom. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> my mom. Yeah. My mom. We do it. We do it. There's five siblings. There's five Rettas in the family. And we go every, you know, August and we get bushels and bushels and bushels of tomatoes. And we send out pictures of all the jars and stuff. It's all homemade. My mom's got the secret recipes. She, she sits there. She's not as active as she used to be. But now she basically, she's the great overseer. And don't mess with Teresa. Otherwise, you're going to get in big trouble. So she sits there and basically says, just this number of bay leaves, just this much olive oil. Okay, a little bit more stirring. Okay, it's not quite ready. Okay, now it's ready. Now, get it. <laughs> so if you, if you screw up, you're in big trouble. But no, she's, she's a legend. Yeah, she's a legend. Can I take you back uh, to those early TSN days? Let's talk about some of the people you worked with. Did you work with Mark Jones? You Come on, Jonesy, absolutely. Is it Do you want a story that, about Jonesy? Yes, mm. let's hear a Mark Jones story. It's just Jonesy, Jonesy and I would be doing the shows. Like, Oh wait! Before you do that, Gene, yeah. we should just give a bit bit of background because I'm I'm not sure how many young people know exactly who Mark Jones is. Mark Jones uh, was a TSN guy, but he's been at ESPN for gosh, right, 25 years. Gene, oh, yeah. say he's been there, yeah, and he's doing play by play there. He's been extremely successful, but he's a Canadian guy. And he's Paul Jones's brother. People yeah, he's Paul so Jones's you younger brother. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'd be working. I'd be working his shows with with Jonesy, and I would see him have a piece of paper out, and he's writing. And he's writing, is writing. I'm like, Jonesy, what are you doing? He says, practicing my autograph. And I'm like, come on. Come on. He goes, no, seriously, because I'm going to need it. I'm like, ah, okay. And you know what? Another, he's right. Like the guys. I had another story about him that he wore TSN apparel to a mall uh, and complained <laughs> that he was being recognized or something like that. <laughs> yes, uh, there would be. Uh, I think the phrase was, um, I can't believe people keep keep recognizing me. And I said, dude, you're wearing a big TSN <laughs> logo. <laughs> if you don't want to be recognized, don't wear the logo. They're putting two and two together. Uh, uh, 
Speaking of the logo, hey, like, nice. look at that gem. Look at that gem of a logo. Nice. You know, I don't even have one. I don't, you don't? Even have one. No. What? We have to rectify that. Did you guys tell the story of what happened with those things? What you guys did to me with those things? With the no, autographs? No. Did you guys ever tell the story? Oh, did you? Did you have to? Oh no! Tell the story. I think I know what you're going to say, but I, no, you I don't guys, think told you guys, story. without unbeknownst to me, he said, "Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do these mugs, and and Gina will sign them all." You kind of just <laughs> off-handed remark. If you guys buy it, if you guys buy it, Gina will sign it. We'll give the money to charity. And so then I got a I got a call from our PR department. Are you okay if we do this? Because they've already said you'll sign the mugs, and I said, "Yeah, sure, whatever. I don't care." Like I'm thinking. Like a couple of dozen, whatever. So the next day, when they put these things up for sale online, they call me back like ten minutes later, and they say, "Gino, they're sold out." I went, "Oh, that's cool," but there's a problem. And I said, "What's that?" We sold like I think they said like fifteen hundred mugs, and I said, <laughs> <laughs> and "They said we can tell people that you know you can't sign them." And I went, "Well, he's already promised them we'll sign them." So literally, for probably two weeks. They were bringing boxes of these mugs by my office. Yeah, that's my signature. <laughs> that's really your signature? I thought it was that's just like stamped No, on. that's totally my signature. And you know what they had to do? You cost them a fortune, by the way, because in order good, to make those good. signatures stick, I had to sign the mug before they glazed it. And then they took the mugs back, put them in the boxes. So basically, I'm pulling these out of the boxes, signing them, putting them back in the boxes, then they took them back to the manufacturer who then glazed over the outside so it didn't wash off. So I think Unreal. TSN lost about 10 grand in the deal. <laughs> but, but we raised a lot of money for charity. <laughs> That's what it's all about. That's yeah, what it's did. all about. That was a fun thing. That was really a lot of fun. Um, do you, uh, what are some of your other favorite kind of career highlights from your time mm. at the network, uh, Gina? What, what uh, comes to mind uh, the most when, when you think about that? Well, the whole Ben Johnson thing was pretty chaotic. That was nuts. Uh, I was on the set the night of um, uh, the OJ, the white Bronco thing. I remember they said, Gene, you got to get on the set. OJ's in the Bronco and we don't know what he's going to do. So I had to sit on that. So I had, you know, guys talking in my ear, keeping me up to date on what was going on. Uh, through all that. So that was pretty dramatic. It's it's kind of rough because I've had some great moments. I've been on the ice for the, the awarding of the Stanley Cup a number of times. I've covered the Athens Olympics. Vancouver was spectacular. So if you guys are talking about what my favorite memory is, the gold medal game in Vancouver. Oh, so you guys were at Vancouver. So we had a we had the big CTV box right at center ice. You'll love this story. So as part of part of it, our private box for the gold medal game, we had Michael J. Fox, and he was invited, he was allowed to bring a guest, so he brought his mom, which was really awesome. So we had Michael J. Fox in the box for the gold medal game, and his mom sitting there. Next door to us, right next door to us, was Vince Vaughn, and he was there with the big celebrity box. Do you guys, do you guys know the story? Am I telling you a story? Already no, know? no, okay. I don't know this story. So, so we're sitting there watching the game, and Brent Butt was in our box, and all these, you know, really nice Canadian celebrities, good people. So... <laughs> Oh, we got, oh, sorry. We got the buddy here is going to fix our Wi-Fi. You will be okay if we do that, right, guys? <laughs> yeah. I'm having some problems with my modem today. Sorry, what's your name, sir? Gajender Singh. Singh. is here to fix my Wi-Fi. He's here to fix my modem. And that is not sure a joke. It's 100% uh, serious. Six feet distance. You got a social distance. We here. got social distance. That's why I'm okay, back here. Good. He's okay. made his way to the modem. He's going to take care <laughs> of us. The Wi-Fi. So where was I? Okay, so, so Vince Vaughn is in the box right beside us. So... At the first intermission, someone comes to our door. 
and they said, uh, Gino, can you go like they, it's Vince Vaughn's <laughs> guys. And I went, okay. So I go to their, where does Dan go? Does he just get up and leave in the middle? Is this no, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. This is walk around. Yeah. It's I, not I thought it was a good story. So Vince Vaughn's security guy comes and says, Mr. Vaughn wants Michael, Michael to know he's welcome to come and join us next door. And I went, did Michael say he wanted to come? And he goes, no, no, just let him know that thumbs up. He can come next door if he wants and hang with us for the second period. So I went over to Michael and I said, uh, Vince Vaughn is next door. He goes, yeah, I saw him. He goes, he says, you're welcome to go next door. And he looks at me and he goes, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to walk back and tell him, no, he's got no interest whatsoever in coming to sit with you. Like, it was very weird. It was a very I weird moment. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that from Michael J. Fox. That's that's integrity. To you I know, think he fixed my modem. Did you fix it already? No. Oh, he's still working on it. Okay. <laughs> I bet this you this is the, the first day, boys. It is, but this could be the whole podcast, and this seems like an, an advertisement for Bell and the high quality of customer service that they're it's providing. Right? There was yeah, some kind absolutely. of mechanical thing on the street, and they're trying to figure out where the. The five issue is so well. A lot of Wi-Fi has been overloaded because everyone's at home. So speaking yeah. of being at home, Gino, uh, have you taken up any new hobbies? Are you playing lots of board games? Are you doing puzzles? What have you been doing? I'm working, brother. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if you noticed or not. <laughs> I'm working. But I'll tell you what, though, is really good though because we get the producers. You know all of our producers, so I don't have to mention the names. They'll call and say, "Okay, we want to hit today. We did a hit thirty-one bull predictions with Frank Sarvali. Uh, we do features with Craig Button. We do features with all these guys. But all I literally have to do is stand up, put a shirt on, walk up, and sit down here and do it from here, which is great. But yeah. we're like literally packed with these things all day. It's I know it's great. It's great." We had your uh, your thirty one predictions with Frank on our on our show today. Actually, see there you go. Yeah, well, see, so Gino, I'm just creating content for you, brother. We you're need. Kind, we you're kind of like us, you know. Jay and I were mentioning last week. We've never worked so hard in our lives. Yeah, it, they are much longer <laughs> days. They are much longer days. People it, people laugh. Know, they go, "You're not really in your house, are you?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude, in the house." Yeah, it's actually does happening. It feel Gino like you're back at those like. Rogers Cable days where you're setting up your own camera and shooting your stuff yourself. It feels like I'm in broadcasting school again. Is what it it is. It does feel like that. And you know what blows me away, though, is the technology that we've got that allows us to do this. Because if this had happened 10 years ago, there's no way we're doing this. The whole idea right. that we could send a live feed down a fiber optic line and get the kind of quality in these things that we do, no shot, no chance we could have done that. And it's the fact funny. that we're doing it right now, we got, I've got a guy, Ryan Bolton, one of our guys at TSN, who literally, we do a, a five-minute, uh, that's the mini that's hockey every day that we send online. He does the whole show on his phone. I have no idea how the heck he does this. <laughs> but he, he edits it, puts graphics, he got dissolves and cover and stuff like that on his phone. Like, no yeah. way you're doing that 10 years ago. No, no shot. No, you're right. Well, we, when we were in the Olympics in uh, Korea, I guess it was two years ago. We did everything on to Gerald, the same system we're using now to do these shows. And I remember thinking, okay, this is the future. You're right. You're absolutely right. Hey, Gino, I have a thought. You and I met each other in 1996. I was an intern in the TSN newsroom. Any memories of, uh, of Jay Onright uh, coming into the uh, to 2225 uh, Shepherd Avenue East? Are you teeing me up? Did I say something bad to you or something? Are you teeing no. me up just to really make me look bad here? I was actually thinking it was going to be the opposite. I thought I was I was letting you carve me 
Because no. I feel like I was probably, uh, I don't know, maybe I was a, a little punk-ass kid or something no. like that. Tall guy. My first impression was tall guy and a very weird sense of humor, which I like. I like the weird <laughs> sense of humor because uh, the, the, the boring sense of humor is like are too typical. So that was good. I no. think that was, a pr- that was a fun time. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that time so much because it, it was you and Lisa Bowes. And Mike Toth and Landsberg and Brendan were doing the the eleven o'clock show, and it was there. Rod was, of course, there. And, and producer Bill, producer Tim was on the road with you. Yeah, producer Tim and I, Gino. I don't know if you remember this. The interns for the uh, winter semester, January nineteen ninety six, were me and producer Tim. We were the interns. Do honestly, do I remember that? No. Yeah, do you remember? Yeah. That? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no. no. Gotta gotta be real honest with you, brother. No. Yeah, I've got five guys on my staff. I know the names of two of them. <laughs> so. That's not true. Come on. I joke. I kid. Uh, Sam. Uh, no, yeah. no. You'll get it eventually. I will. I, you know what? Prompter. They put their names in prompter. Is <laughs> it weird though? Like you're, I know your producers too, and they're all like they're all young, like ten years younger than Dan and I. Like, is it weird? Like, are you are you like, hey, don't tell me what to do, you old punk kid? Like, oh, I'm running the show. <laughs> no, it's fun. It's good. You know, we've gone through a number of different producers since I since I took over. That's hockey. Jeff Mott, uh, who's now one of our senior guys in hockey. Mike Lane, who's one of our senior guys at TSN right now, and uh, and then Dan Salem was there right now. I, I like the fact that that in many ways we use the That's Hockey show to kind of bring guys along, train them, uh, help them to learn to write and stuff. Not, not that the experience at TH helps that happen, but it's just part of the growing process where they take over an entire show. Like it's one thing to be a producer amongst many on a given show, but when you're the, the, the lone producer of an entire show, you've got to learn every aspect of that show, how to work with the marketing department, the sales department, and how to create content. And so if you can do that, We've seen a lot of our producers go on from doing this to other major leadership positions at TSN. Now, I'm real proud of the guys that that have come through our system and that continue to do so because it's a great experience for them. It really so, is. So, Gino, um, we mentioned this on our TV show Monday night. Uh, this is the – I don't know if you, you were speaking to many hockey people over the weekend, but this is the most optimistic it's been since everything was put on pause. And – Speaking with someone within the NHL family, they said, "Yep, yeah, hockey is going to happen," which I I didn't think I'd ever hear this year. Here, here's what I believe. What I believe is they're taking their cue from what they're hearing from the president and from Anthony Fauci. I think a lot of people are taking their cue from them and basically where they're trying to encourage them, saying, "Let's start to open things up." And the whole idea is this whole rolling opening thing. There's so much money, guys, to be made from the broadcast of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the gate money is is incredible. Like, if you open the gate and bring fans in, you're making somewhere about $3 million U.S. profit per game. And that's a big number. I get it. So if you go pretty deep, you can make $10, $15 million that way. But the revenue from the broadcast of the playoffs is enormous. It could be a half a billion dollars, which for, for a – for a, an organization, the NHL, that makes about $5 billion on a year to make a half a billion plus just in the two months of the playoffs or three months of the playoffs, however long you do it, you really got to get the playoffs in. So before where we were saying you would never want to play in front of empty stands, 
they're kind of softening towards that because they're saying there's so much money to be made to basically just write them off. Forget it. So how close are we to potentially opening up in front of empty stands? So now this whole this means that you've got to make a lot of a lot of specific rules. For example, maybe you don't play in 16 different venues in the playoffs if there's 16 different teams. You don't go back and forth. Maybe you pick two sites and you book off an entire hotel at each of those sites. Your players only go into the hotel and they go from the hotel to the arena and they play at the arena. They play every other day, but they don't go anywhere else. They're quarantined in the hotel. They're quarantined in the arena. There are no fans. You protect the players. And you do that at eight different locations with the 16 different teams. And then you move to maybe four different locations. Because that's something you can control. You've got to be able to keep control. And so now I think the league is saying, let's come up with a contingency that if we can do that, we could still make our half billion plus, but keep the fans safe by not letting them anywhere near the players and then keep the players safe. And both sides really, really want to make it happen because and the players, HRR. The, the players would have to have daily tests almost, wouldn't they? Daily COVID-19 tests? No, not necessarily. Because if you test everybody before you go in, Okay, you've tested everybody before you go in and you give them a two week quarantine period in a training camp. Now you're virtually certain that everybody there is healthy. Does that make sense? Did you you track that? So you put them in a two week quarantine beforehand. Then you test them. Now, you know, everybody coming in is clean. You do that with all of your staff. You do that with everybody. And now you put them in in a safe quarantine spot, which is a hotel, and you only let them go between the hotel and the arena where everybody else has gone through a quarantine. So essentially what you're doing is creating a bubble, a bubble around them at wherever they're staying and a bubble around them wherever they're playing. And they're not allowed to go anywhere else. They're not allowed to go to say, I'm going to go for a burger or to a restaurant. They don't do that. You bring the food in. You don't let them go grocery shopping. You don't let them go for a coffee. It's a, it's a complete bubble where they're staying and a complete bubble where they're playing. Mm. It seems like a lot of work for a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Yep. I yeah, I'm pretty skeptical, but it would be amazing. It would be amazing to see. It I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying if you're going to do it, that's the way you'd have to do it. I right, can't right. for the life of me see it happening in front of live crowds. I can't imagine yeah. that at all, and I certainly don't imagine that happening with 16 different teams hosting games. I don't right. see that happening. It's just there's no way you can. Get I just that. can't believe how we used to live. I was talking about this uh, with a buddy over the weekend, and so we have a fair here that comes to town in September. The Orinal Fair, it's great. They haven't canceled it. I've yet. been to it. It yeah. was good. It's they haven't canceled it yet, but I'd love honestly, to go. I never had an invite though, Jay. So. <laughs> but, but I was talking. I'm like, remember when we would go hey, to Dan, the fair? Remember when you invited me to the. Oh, yeah, no, you didn't. No. Okay, this year, if it happens, you're coming. But remember, we would walk around a fair, play the games, go on the rides, eat French fries, and never once wash our hands. Like, it's like, imagine doing that now. No, no, (laughs) no, I can't. You know what I'm really looking forward to, honestly? Just something simple, like walking into a restaurant and ordering dinner. Going to a coffee shop and just having a coffee and not worried about who put the lid on my coffee. Just just real simple stuff like that. But given what people are going through, the fact that I can't do that with a cup of coffee or the fact that I can't do it at a restaurant, uh, it's, it's hard for me to feel bad for myself for that yeah. crap. That's, that's, that's way down the scale of, of what really matters. We're technically working right now, which is yeah. pretty hilarious when you think about it. My I mean, dad still career. laughs at me. My dad still <laughs>, laughs at me. 
He, he, I remember my first five years working at TSN. He goes, Ma, when are you going to work? I'm like, Ba, this is a job. They pay you for this? And I went, yeah. What, to watch television and talk? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, yeah. Because my dad was in manual labor and construction, right? So this makes no sense to him. He still doesn't get it. Doesn't make any sense to him. <laughs> he got a pretty good life. Gino, it was awesome having you on the, the show. Finally. Hey, I've enjoyed it. I can't believe you guys haven't invited me before. Uh, wait I a know, second. We're... Is this because you couldn't get anybody else? No. No. No, okay. no not at all, actually. We were, we were talking about it. We think it was because you would leave, you know, because you do your show at 7 and then you'd leave. So it felt like we were calling you back to work. Nobody ever wants to be called back to work. Even if we yeah, were calling you on the phone, you're technically still working. So it's that's, fun. I think, why we never had you on. Yeah. But no, now I feel like you're going to be a regular on, on the podcast. You know what? I got a lot of free time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gino. Thanks, Stay guys. Safe, my friend. See you, buddy. See you, brother. Take care. Gino Renner. Look at Gino that Renner. legend. Really fun. I really enjoyed that. I, I remember, you know, he was such a, like, the way Gino came across on that podcast he was such a nice person that's gino like he's just the nicest person he's always very nice to everybody and um yeah i'm just glad we had him on that was a, that was really fun yeah um Ooh, that, Julesy. what he was like you don't agree no i couldn't wait to have gino <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. i was just gonna remark on uh, how i had an entire meal during this podcast and you kept leaving. Like, it was kind of rude. Like, you kept, you kept, and then you no, hear I, something being poured. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to put some vino in the mug. I get it. Um, all right. This has been a blast. I got to say, this has been really fun. Um, Did we figure we, out what the day? Oh, yeah. It was at 420. That's right. It's Our good friend Peter Schrager's birthday today. That's right, and we're getting a lot of requests to have Schrager on. We should have tried to do it last week because now they're back on Good Morning Football. Uh, I believe it started uh, Friday, right? Friday. Was yeah, we, we really blew it. Yeah, we messed that up. So uh, we just got to wait for Schrager to retire, basically. <laughs> uh, and considering the, way, the amount he likes to work, that'll be when he's about 88. Yeah, he, he will die uh, doing a... A Skype video from his in-laws basement. Tom Brady's son was drafted today. That's your Schrager? <laughs> That's an old Schrager. That's when he's old. And that'll be his last report. Oh no! No, my heart! Oh, I love the NFL. <laughs> Alan Bester, Andy Moog. Mike Liam, <laughs> Tom Barrasso. <laughs> That's Schrager's death. That's how Schrager will die. Uh, all right. Stop. You good? Awesome, buddy. I'm going to go watch some Better Call Saul now. Watch The Last Dance. I mean, I'm going to watch something on Crate. Remember, watch The Babadook. Scary movie. It's very scary. You will get shivers. The Babadook. All right. Good mm -hmm. Good recommendation. I'll check it out. It's on Crave, I believe, right? Sure is. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.
listening to the Jay and Dan podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. James Duffy presents the Rubber Boots Podcast. So we're sitting down at our table. The, the waiter comes up. And he's like profusely sweating. <laughs> and this is like 100% his first line to us. He goes, hello, I am not well. I'm very ill. <laughs> you ate there? I came down with it yesterday. I've just not been good. Not good at all. Get it at tsn.ca and anywhere you get your podcasts.